and welcome to the edition podcast with me Charlotte Henry. I'm really excited this week to be joined by the second person from the Media Voices podcast team that I've had on the show. You can judge for yourself which one is the best. I've got my opinions. We've got <laughs> Esther Kezia-Thorpe here. Hi Esther, thank you so much for joining me. Hi, good to be on the, uh, the takeover. Yeah, <laughs> <joking>. exactly, exactly. <laughs> We've had Chris on. Obviously now you were bringing a bit more quality and class to proceedings, which is always nice. Um, and oh. yeah, so it's, it's great to have you on. Now there's a lot we want to get into and we're going to be a bit meta today because we're going to podcast about podcasting, which is one of my favourite things to do. I know it's one of yours as well. Uh, there's lots of reasons why we do this, not least because you won the Publisher Podcast Awards, which we will talk about later. But for someone who has kind of tracked this industry and analysed the industry for a long time, I kind of wanted to get your perspective to start off with where you see the world of podcasting at the moment. Because I have this conversation with various people, maybe every three to six months. And normally at that point, something dramatic has changed. So, so what, since I last had this conversation, what amazing new things have you noticed? Um, gosh, I hope not that much is changing. Um, no, I, th- I think podcasting is probably different from a lot of the rest of the industries in because it's been around so long, the changes that come are kind of much slower and much more kind of, yeah, it, it doesn't hurt a lot quite the breakneck, breakneck, quite the breakneck pace the rest of the industry does. Um, I think podcasting has actually been around in some form or another since about the 1980s. Um, but what Don't we have... tell Apple this. <laughs> it came with the iPod. Come on, Esther, you know the drill. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Uh, well, yeah, it's older than me, so um, Apple will take that as they will. Uh, but I think because of that, it is very much like the, what we're seeing at the moment is really strong, really steady growth. And yes, there are absolutely innovations within that. Um, I'm sure we'll happily talk about Apple and Spotify in a bit. Mm. Um, and, and, th- and they are driving a lot of the growth. Um, I, I've heard some people say, sort of, yeah, are we, are we in the golden age of podcasting now? I, I think that's still to come because certainly um, in the UK and, and, and a lot of other places, podcasting is really big amongst younger people. And a lot of the reports that come out say, you know, you've sort of got anything between sort of one in five to, to sort of 60, 70 percent of, of under 35s listening to podcasts. Um, basically, anybody over that is still stuck on the radio. So you think you think ahead sort of 20, 30 years time that's only going to continue growing. So I think we've, I'd like to think we've barely scratched the surface in terms of listenership. There's a lot of challenges around discovery still. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of podcasts that are yet to be launched that haven't yet launched. So I, I think, we're, you know, we're not in a golden age, we're, we're barely at the start yet. Oh, and that is really exciting. There's a lot of guys at university who need to put a microphone in front of them and their Please friends. no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm being facetious um, because I really like your optimism, actually. I was worried you were going to say we've kind of got to that peak podcasting almost nah. uh, good thank you for your positivity see this is what we like to hear there's still more great stuff to come um and I think for me as a as someone who's listened to podcasts for years and years and years and almost is at the point where I don't differentiate them from quote unquote radio um I I think it's amazing actually when you look at the stuff that was out at the beginning and it, you just felt like a bit of a weirdo that you were, you found these things and that was quite nice in some ways and it was all quite kooky and nice but now the kind of quality and production and the caliber of people who want to make deals with big companies that involve podcasts uh, and you know doing really innovative things with podcasting whether it's limited series or you know 
ongoing shows where they talk to people every week, all sorts of things is the caliber of stuff that out there now is just so high quality. It's, it's been professionalized, which is, yeah. you know, you joke about the, the guy in his dorm room having a microphone. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's one of the things we've seen a lot of, but at the end of the day, give it 10, 15 episodes, those people aren't around anymore. The professional, well, the, the good ones are, and um, a couple of mates sort of shooting the breeze. If you're, if you're not adding value, it doesn't tend to get picked up in an audience. Um, so, so we're very much seeing it, it does play out that if you produce an excellent product, um, more often than not, you will, you will get the listeners and, and you'll get the rewards from it. Um, there's a couple of points I wanted to pick up on, but first of all, what did you mean by adding value? How, what, what, because there's lots of things that could mean, you know, I listened to some podcasts by L and the podcast is just Lottie Jeff's having a lovely conversation with someone that I enjoy listening to for half an hour. I listened to some other more business focused podcasts where I come out with, including yours, actually the media voices podcast where you actually learn more from a very important industry player it, um I, I value think is th a different thing isn't it yeah that, i mean value is, is a very very different thing and i think from certainly from the, the the perspective i see from a lot with my experiences the media company perspective and and it's always the question they need to ask themselves when starting out is what value is this going to add to you and that can just be um you know you mentioned l i know a lot of the women's magazines do these sort of ones where the value they're providing through the podcast is that kind of nice warm community feel and, and that ties in with their their magazine brand or their online brand or whatever else they produce it's it's feel good you know you're not and they're it, really it nice conversations be. to listen to. yeah yeah um i mean i know i certainly know there's been a, a huge push into sort of mental health and well-being and mm -hmm. um i know there, there were companies like stylist at the start of the pandemic that said actually there's a lot of that their target audience is professional women who are suddenly sitting at home alone with no colleagues we're going to produce a podcast to be the colleagues mm -hmm. and that's not you know that's not a serious podcast it's not a sort of business podcast where you're getting loads of sort of quote-unquote value out of it but the value they're providing is in a very different way and, and that's going to vary depending on who you are and who your community is and, and all that sort of thing yeah it's it's all very subjective and yeah I think people can drill down I think the value is only in past information where there's kind of other things that subjectively add value to or you know just enjoyment and entertainment is perfectly reasonable value offering i would say um yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully you get a bit of both in the show but anyway um and of course the reason why you're so expert and have such an overview of this is one it's your you know it's your job you and also at you and the media voices team run uh, the Publisher Podcast Awards. Now, I had to look at some of the winners. These are serious players. They're not little scrappy upstarts like me. These are, you've got the Financial Times in there. You've got uh, the New Statesman in there. You've got Reach, which runs a whole manner of local media and the Mirror, which is a big tabloid here in the UK. Um, there was the Bureau of Investigative Journalism in there. There's all sorts of very big national and international players. What was the kind of premise behind the wars when you launched it three weeks when it came to pass three weeks before the pandemic? You were telling me the time um, scale just off air. I will just add a note before we get to that. Actually, part of the beauty of them is that um, because that, that that's an incredibly intimidating list if you're a publisher potentially looking at entering. But the winners, um, you know, like the winner of the entertainment category um, was a one man publishing band who's been producing his little podcast for a while and he fought off competition from like USG and some really huge players. So you, you, you absolutely can't, you don't have to be the F2 to, to win these. <laughs> um, it just, yeah, that tends to be the way it goes because they've got the, the resources, but 
Um, yeah, they started, um, we sort of noticed a lot of people coming to us at Media Voices because we were a fairly early player in podcasts. It, it's five and a half years old now. And they were saying, oh, you know, how do you start a podcast? And you know, we'd, we'd sort of go in and talk to them and point them towards some good ones. Um, and it's so got to say, we're like, they're, they're actually producing some quite good stuff and there's nothing really to celebrate it. Like, you know, we joke about the Oscars of podcasting. We're obviously not, not that we're quite niche, but th- there's I nothing. Know, that... I've seen some of your outfits. <laughs> your, I think it's, you know, I've seen that red carpet. Oh yeah. Maybe we need some golden statues next year. Quite right. <laughs> um, but it was very much like, and, and this, they came from partly wanting to celebrate them, but also it, for us, it was fundamentally about sharing best practice. And we could see some people were doing some really good stuff. Some people were doing some really good stuff, but the sound quality maybe wasn't quite there. Some people were producing some things that really didn't have enough focus. We thought, well, we're going to run these awards and we're going to, obviously, it's a great pat on the back. It's, it's great to have a trophy in the award cabinet of people that, that do win. But actually, one of the things we, we said from the start is we're going to go and talk to those people after the awards and say, what what did you do you know what went into that podcast what's the process what does it look like behind the scenes to produce an award-winning podcast so we've actually got a mini podcast series that runs alongside our our main podcast i think i'm going to use the word podcast a lot here we are using it but that's okay. start a drinking game <laughs> yeah, no don't do that no. it's like start doing the roxanne one or something yeah so so lessons from award-winning podcasts looks at that and and we've had a lot of people sort of listen to that and, and they take that then into their organizations and say right you know, we did our podcast, maybe we didn't quite have the microphone set up right. Um, you know, they'll come back the next year with a better sound quality, better structure. They'll pick up more marks, they'll win. That's great. Everybody's happy. Um, and yeah, we, we're sort of really leaning into that this year. Um, we've just started running um, Publisher Podcast Insider Sessions, which really delves into that in a bit more detail. Um, so we're sort of saying to a, a, a small group of them, you know, do you want to come and actually talk one-on-one with experts about marketing, Um you know, we've got one coming up on sound and music quality um, and really just sort of trying to build those connections in that community a bit more. And that's that's really important to us. It's not just we're going to put on awards and make money from it. It's we actually want to better the podcasting practice for publishers yeah. and build that community. Again, it's, you know, it's back to all your earlier point about value proposition, isn't it? You know, it's all very well and everyone have a nice evening, but actually which is great and it's great for people to have recognition, but actually how do you keep things getting better for both publishers and audiences? Yeah. Um, I think we also found that there were a lot of people, because podcasting was so new for a lot of publications, that they were sort of hiring in people who were then sitting there, often quite isolated in the company. Um, You know, they've been tasked with maybe launching a podcast, maybe launching 10 podcasts, and they're there like, am I the only one having these problems? So to be able to bring people into a room and they can, you know, they can talk to people from other other companies and say, yeah, you know, we've got this problem, like the journalists want to do this and I want to do this. And and they, they can really sort of help each other and that it, it's helped them sort of feel a bit less isolated. I like to think anyway, that, that's what they tell me. So Esther's also running group therapy sessions if you need. So <laughs> I'll leave her details in the show notes. Oh my um, but I, I do think that's important because in a way podcasting, in these publishers how kind of the social media person was maybe 10 15 years ago where it was the young person who came in and was meant to do magic on Facebook and Twitter and maybe there was buying from some journalists maybe there wasn't um and it was just uh, the you know isolated as you're describing and now everyone's gone oh now we need to do podcasts as well let's bring in a podcast person and actually the best podcasts from the publishers you know the things that I listen to and like the most are embedded obviously with the brand of the podcast or with the high caliber journalists that those 
publications tend to be able to offer. And it kind of, for me, often it syncs either with maybe the printed product that lots of the, the publishers you work that were at those awards have, or, you know, as a standalone pub, podcast publisher, they have a, you know, a style of show and you know what you're going to get, you know, if you, whatever version of serial you listen to, you kind of know the style you're going to get those kind of things. And I think so those, those kind of things really do matter, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what since you've been running these awards so uh, just to explain uh, Esther was telling me that they came up with the idea in 2019 um, and had their first award ceremony on what day Esther? March the 4th 2020 I, I can remember very clearly saying to Chris and Peter on, on the Monday I was like do you think anybody won't turn up because they're frightened of this Covid thing and they're like nah and then it was like it was I think it was nine days later we were in lockdown. <laughs> uh, that sounds about right yeah March, oh, it was so, frightening. Uh, so March the 4th 2020 you had and you've run it obviously you did it online last year and you've got everyone back together this year which is great I we, we did we did a hybrid this year we actually oh, had an online good. one as well which was um yeah the, the team that did it just worked wonders <laughs> amazing I saw lots of people tweeting lovely pictures and saying what a great night they'd had which was really nice for everyone to kind of get back together um what have you kind of seen and learned the trends in those three years you know maybe the shows that were winning in 2020, how are they different from those who are winning in 2022? Um, I was actually quite surprised at how, how much things had changed over the three years. There were some things I was expecting to see gradually shift, but I think the first year um, when we were listening, you could tell who'd got professional sound engineers in and you could tell who'd just given their journalists a microphone um, and were just sort of hoping for the best. Um, and it was very much like good sound quality was something that really set people apart. Um, compare that to this year, it felt like everybody had exceptional sound quality. And, you know, if you had a sort of slight crackle or you perhaps weren't quite good enough or you had a cheap mic, it really showed up. Um, which I think is a, it, it's good in some ways because I, I think it's not that people are suddenly investing in studios or sound engineers because the pandemic threw a lot of that up in the air. It's that they've sort of that's just something that's become more of a priority is I think podcasts have got more established um, and you know you've maybe got a, a person who's sort of sharing their knowledge and, and helping um, the rest of the business use that microphone properly or edit properly and yeah there's a lot you can do with post-production tools now I've, I've the, the stuff I've seen with some of the tools you can put audio into and it, it makes you sound like you recorded it in a studio and that's amazing um, and people aren't recording over Skype anymore which is really good don't record over Skype <laughs> Um, but yeah, just generally, I think the sound quality is one of the really big things that I noticed had come an awfully long way. Um, and that, I suppose that can be innovating, but like, there's a lot of resource out there to help people really nail that these days. Um, oh, and also don't record over the phone. It's it's, <laughs> it's awful. Um, uh, no, no, you can always tell the difference between a, you know, a VoIP kind of conversation, you know, like we're having over Zoom or whatever, and someone who's... Uh, picked up a phone call and the other person has pressed record on the other side even zoom zoom has come a long way in the last yes. 12 months yes <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah well I think they realized how many of us were dependent on it for everything um and, and it does definitely sound better and yeah I mean there's a whole conversation we could have with what's happened to Skype and anyway that's a, that's a, would be a whole episode in itself I think um, yeah. So sound quality is one thing. What about in terms of the content side? Are people covering different things? You mentioned wellness and mental health earlier. 
Um, I, I agree definitely from me browsing through podcast directories, whatever, that's clearly a huge emphasis. Um, actually, the ones I was really excited by were the investigations. Um, we, we actually ended up creating that as a, as a new category this year after entries had closed because there were so many that had sort of flooded into this limited series category we had, which was originally just designed to be, okay, so you've launched a podcast just with a sort of, you know, it's a six series mini thing. Um, and we had, I think we had over 40 entries to that that were really high quality. Wow. Um, and we looked through a lot of them and we thought, actually, there's there's some really good, really good investigative ones here. You know, it was stories on, um, there was stuff like the uh, the sort of past behind a lot of the National Trust properties that's maybe, uh, you know, it's got some links with the slave trade and things like that. Um, there was a really excellent one into, into the tobacco industry. Um, there's one into the, the blood scandal that happened in the 80s from the Telegraph that was just amazing. And I think... If from a publisher's perspective, they're often doing this sort of thing anyway. Like you think about features, you think about investigations at news outlets, like you've already got people who are very, very good at telling those stories and doing that work. So it's almost like the last in the last three years, I've sort of looked at audio and gone, hey, we can do this in we can do this in podcasting as well. And like people are already very, very skilled at that. Um, so it's been really nice to see that really come to the fore in audio. And, you know, some, some of them I actually had to stop listening to the rest of the podcast and just finish the series because I needed to know what happened. Yeah, oh, I, I agree with you. I love some of these investigative podcasts. For me, the one that stood out and I guess must have been submitted uh, or would have been for a different a year earlier was Sweet Bobby from Tortoise. Uh, which yeah. is just utterly brilliant. I, I won't try and explain it on this show because I might give too much away. But if you have a chance to listen to that limited series, it is well worth listening to. It's absolutely, uh, it, it actually encompasses in lots of ways all the things you're talking about. It's investigative, uh, the audio and music and production quality is stunning. Um, yeah, so that's one I love. Um, in terms of limited series, the John Ronson's ones that he does for the BBC as well are also really always... I mean, the the BBCs are excellent. Um, I just always find it quite frustrating that they've, they've locked it all into their sounds app. Yes. Um. <laughs> well, let, let's talk about actually discoverability because that that you cited that as one of the kind of mm. remaining issues in podcasting, and I think that's right because we kind of written word people have worked out through a combination of SEO and social how to make people find their stuff, and if you produce enough of it in the right way and put it out in the right way, you will get people finding it. Um, whereas podcasts, you could produce a beautiful show and it can, unfortunately, too easily disappear. What yeah. what do you say, A, for people listening, what would be your best discoverability advice? This is mainly for me because I want people to <laughs> listen to this show. Uh, but but also that, you know, there are people that produce podcasts and will be interested in that. Um, and how is that improving? Because obviously there are so many different ways you can listen to podcasts now. Um. I think actually I'm going to start with the improving one first because that one's a bit on. easier. Um, I think, again, this is a change I've noticed has been quite dramatic in recent years is that in 2019, and Spotify led this, Apple copied them. Spotify said, hey, we actually think podcasts could be quite a big thing. We're going to move that front and centre of a lot of the UX on the app. And if, you know, if you're a new user to Spotify now, if you've logged in recently, they are pushing podcasts at absolutely every single angle. Um, and that has been singularly responsible for an awful lot of the growth, um, especially outside of, I suppose, the UK and the US. Um, the, the US, it was quite traditionally you'd go to a podcast, like you'd have a dedicated podcasting app that you would go to. Um, but there's a lot of countries like sort of South Africa where Spotify is the main way you listen to audio. And as soon as Spotify starts pushing podcasts, discovery gets a lot easier. Um, 
that's still causing a few problems in that and, and they are aware of this they're trying to fix this is that if you've got a big show it only gets bigger and bigger and bigger if you've got a small show it's still quite hard to i suppose get that in front of people um but my advice and this actually comes from one of our lessons episodes is that um you need to invest almost as much time in marketing as you do recording <laughs> um and uh yeah they, i think it was actually somebody at immediate media said that they've got an entire department dedicated to marketing their podcasts because you can put it out and nobody listens to it but you have to like you have to be shouting about it constantly on social media we don't do this enough with our podcast we could do this a lot more um but it's not enough just to hope people will keep coming back each week or, or auto download it or whatever else you need to constantly be saying um you know can, can we take audiograms what, what else can we do can we um can we talk to our guests that we've had on about maybe helping us with some promotion can we do podcast swaps um explain just for people who are not saddest and spend their time thinking about this like you and I um what a couple of those things are so audiograms I use these at uh the edition you can basically create videos where you don't have to see us having the conversation but you know they're kind of digital waveforms and stuff so you can find the video on YouTube um podcast swaps I, I suppose you 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 find podcasts of a similar alignment and you can either do sort of ad swaps and say oh can you give our podcast a shout out or you can do guest swaps um that sort of thing um I think the, the audiograms I always like to think of them as they're like the podcast version of pull quotes yes yes um so it's, it's just it's just a way of if people haven't listened to the whole thing you can just say hey here's like a key minute from it um if that sounds interesting then, then go and listen to the rest um yeah. or do you know what? You, can, you can actually just do static quote cards we use them quite a lot just to say this is something our guest has said that's really interesting if you like that you can listen to the rest of the episode here um transcripts are a really good one they are um they're a bit of a bore like to do but i'd say again they're increasingly getting easier you get companies like otter that will auto transcribe yeah. a lot of it and again spotify and apple are, are really pushing ahead with getting automated transcripts done which <laughs> if you're not american can be hilarious yes yeah they uh certainly like their zeds and no use and all yeah. that kind of thing um it's all really interesting where then you've said we think we're coming up to the golden age of podcasts so what what do you think we can look forward to in this wonderful world that we both like to be part of i think it's it's becoming we can look forward to podcasting becoming really normalized um and you'd almost people be having conversations about the podcasts i've listened to as much as they've had conversations about watching love island um you see increasing and in, in, in the more people become accustomed to it. I've, I've actually um because some of my friends sort of non-industry friends know that i do the podcast awards i get messaged all the time you know what podcast can we listen to yeah. next um, and it's those kind of conversations that are starting to come to the fore and, you know, give it, give it 10, 15 years. I've actually been trying to get my parents into it, but they're a bit like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, it's interesting, actually. I, for me, I have already, maybe this just because it's me and the things I do, I've definitely had conversations with friends and it definitely happened in the pandemic where here in England, basically, all we could do was go for a walk and listen to podcasts for quite oh a large time. <laughs> yeah, let's not give ourselves PTSD too much by remembering it. But that was a huge thing. And th there were definitely conversations where people were like, what are you listening to? In the way you would a box set on t TV. And, you know, I think there's there's a big thing here. I, I know a lot of people are really obsessed with, you know, video and streaming and broadcast mm -hmm. and what's happening with that industry. 
the big, big, big reason podcasting is not going anywhere and it's only going to grow is because it's something you can do at the same time as doing something else, yeah. which is not something you can do with, well, you can try cooking or walking with the TV on, but you're going to, you're going to hit lamppost. Um, and it's something. You don't walk around <laughs> holding a TV. Listen to a podcast instead. Like the, the, the Rogers Institute do um do a really good sort of uh, audio report um, towards the end of the year. And they've done surveys of when people listen to it. It's always, you know, when they're unfolding the washing, when they're doing the cooking, when they're taking the dog for a walk. And these are habits that are not going to go away. You know, people, people that listen to podcasts now are still going to be listening to podcasts in 10 years' time. It might not be the mm-hmm. same ones, um, but it's going to be those habits, um, whether that's, I suppose the equivalent is, you know, is CDs in the car. If you're taking your kids for a drive, you might listen to a kid's podcast or or something else. And it's it's just that shift in that as they are so easily available. You can log into Spotify if you've been listening to like the Week Junior show. For your kids in the car, something else similar might come up. Um, and it's I, I cannot see a way that it's that is not going to continue to grow and get easier and better to listen to and better for people who produce them. Uh, I agree with you. I think is often overlooked actually how important that way podcasts can embed into the rest of your life is you know people going back to commuting now that doesn't mean they're going to what listen to less podcasts they'll just listen to podcasts instead of going for a walk they'll listen to them on their commute Whereas- and you've, you've also got the number of people that are sitting that are still doing two or three days a week from home that say oh i have podcasts on in the background to make me feel like i like feel like i've got friends yeah all of that um it, it really is well, I, I'm pleased at your optimism with the industry and I want to kind of end our conversation on that because I agree with you. I think it's a really exciting space. Um, I think there are so many wonderful things to listen to. I'm tempted to put you on the spot and give some recommendations, but I'll be kind. Unless you've got some that you're bursting to share with us, I'll be kind and won't put you under pressure. Um, and yeah, uh, what I will do though is I will link uh, to the Publisher Podcast Awards nominees and winners so you can see there because there's some fantastic shows that I think lots of my listeners will be interested in checking yeah. out. Yeah you know, actually that, that that I think would be my advice is, is go to our shortlist page because it's all divided by category so if you fancy something you know something something good for your mood that's sort of health and well-being there's a category for that if you're really into books and literature um, there's a category for that um, if, if you want to do a sort of really gritty investigative podcast and you want to find your next brilliant listen my word have a look at those because there are some yeah. really good ones or if you want yeah. a really good news podcast again there's some great ones there yeah so i will share i will share that shortlist in the show notes and i do strongly recommend you check out there's certainly some i'm going to subscribe to having browsed through it that i hadn't discovered already esther thank you so so much for joining me and explaining all of this um tell people where they can keep up with you and your work uh, so you can keep up with me on Twitter at Esther Kazaya T. Um, otherwise, yeah, Media Voices podcast, as you said, we we do a new episode every Monday. Um, and uh, yeah, you can find us, we're at voices.media on the internet. Um, and or I was going to say, yeah, Media Voices pod on Twitter, but <laughs> I know people yeah. aren't always on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, voices.media. And you've got your daily newsletter as well, which I subscribe yes. to. and browse through and you've even been kind enough to highlight me on it which is very we have we chatted about one of your stories last week yes yes that was that yeah we won't go into that we won't relive that conversation but it was quite fun to listen to um so yeah do check out the media voices team as i say i'm at charlotte a henry on twitter um obviously if you're listening to this in a podcast app 
you know how to listen to podcasts so please do subscribe and share if you're listening to it in substack you can listen to it in your usual podcast app just search for the edition or the edition charlotte henry and you should be able to find it thank you so much for people who have joined over the last couple of months of running the edition really do appreciate your support and we will be back next week with a great new show and a great new guest so see you then Thank you.